Welcome to the podcast, How to Run and Grow Your Solo Patent Practice with Anant Kataria and Fez Wahid of Sagacious IP. This is a one-of-its-kind podcast focused on existing and aspiring solo or small patent practitioners, interviewing successful solo or small patent practitioners, and bringing to you proven, actionable insights to start, build, and grow your patent practice. Learn firsthand how to acquire, serve, and retain clients for long-term success. All this while effectively juggling the multiple roles that one has to play as a solo or small patent practitioner. If you run a solo or small patent practice or are planning to start one, whether you're currently in a mid-size or big law firm or coming fresh out of law school, this podcast series will help you learn from the successful ones who have faced and overcome the challenges you are dealing with. So let's get into the podcast with your hosts, Anant Kataria and Fez Wahid. Welcome to today's episode of Solo Patent Practitioner Podcast. Our guest for today is Saulo Kalasins, founder and CEO of Carioca IP. He's from Brazil and he's an experienced legal and management professional with a very strong background in intellectual property. Uh, he has extensive experience in negotiation of IP agreements, infringement analysis, invalidities, and he also opines on portfolio management of various IP assets. He was also a former coordinator of the Industrial Design Study Commission of the Brazilian Association of Intellectual Property, and he's also a professor of patents and industrial designs in courses at the Brazilian Association of Industrial Property Agents. But before founding Carioca IP, Saulo worked for almost 24 years in one of the largest IP firms in Brazil as a partner. So let's start the conversation forward and ask uh, Saulo some interesting questions and learn from his experience on being a solo patent practitioner. Hi, Saulo. Welcome to our podcast. Hi, Thais. Thank you very much for the invitation. Saulo, could you tell us a bit about uh, Carioca IP and more importantly, your story before starting it? Yeah, sure. Well, Carioca IP was born out of a combination of some professional goals and also of some personal reasons that would be hardly achieved in a large firm, in my opinion. Well, from the professional perspective, I concluded that in a large firm, I had little contact with small national companies and local inventors in Brazil. Most of my time there was dedicated to assist foreign big companies in extending their patent protection to Brazil. I confess, I had nothing against that, but in this scenario, drafting new patent applications was not an unusual activity for me. And it's something that I really like to do. The feeling of having a, a patent drafted by yourself, granted in Brazil and in other countries, has a special taste in our work. And besides that, I noticed that Brazilian legislation has been improving in the last years in order to facilitate the opening of startups and small companies. Well, uh, and the, the fees charged by the largest IP firms in Brazil are often too high for small budgets. So uh, I noticed a relevant niche in which there would be young entrepreneurs interested in protecting their creations, but they would lack the quality professional support at payable price to that. And also in the professional area phase, I understand that large firms have little flexibility to adapt their internal procedures for a new reality in which artificial intelligence and fully computerized procedures are replacing a practice based on papers and bureaucracy. As a small firm, I feel more freedom to implement and create a more agile and objective way of working. To give you an example, 
the translation of patent applications into Portuguese, which is the required language for patents in Brazil, was considerably facilitated through the various automatic translation tools that are currently available. This small change brought more speed to the preparation of patent applications and also reduced costs as only a good revision of the text is now required, instead of a complete typing thereof. From another perspective, after 24 years in the same work environment, I felt the need of improving my management skills, as well as learning more about tasks that were not part of my daily activities, such as marketing, financial planning, acquisition of new clients, and even the utilization of the electronic interface of the PTO. Uh, three years ago, uh, to tell you, I was be always busy with a lot of work coming from the PTO, such as office actions, opinions, invalidation procedures, and I simply didn't know how to log into the PTO database and file an application. It was not part of my work. In a large firm, due to the considerable volume of work, each of these tasks is usually carried out by a dedicated department so that they are far away from the reality of the professionals. All these things together led me to think about it and make this move in my life. Great. I think you also, in answering my first question, you also answered my the next question that I was going to ask you as to why did you choose to go solo? And largely what I gather are two things, but please add something more to it. If, if there is one, you said uh, you wanted to sort of upskill your management skills. And second thing is, uh, I think there was a interest of being able to do things yourself instead of, you know, having a large team do it for you all the time. Yeah, at least to learn how to do these things. <laughs> Interesting. So do it yourself, eh? DIY. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Because as I said, I, I had few contacts with, with a lot of parts of my profession because yeah. of, of the structure, big structure in, in which I was in. So now you've probably with your own firm, you feel more aware of what's happening across the across the life cycle of your case, uh, you know, that you're dealing with. Yes, yes, about everything. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, you started your solo practice, but before that, you know, you were working for a large firm and, and as an experienced attorney in Brazil. And I believe, uh, you know, in our previous discussion, you also mentioned that you have listened into some of the stories on on this podcast, uh, you know, where we have interviewed some other people. This is the first interview with, with a Brazilian practitioner. So what different... Uh, challenges or experience do you have running a solo practice in brazil well um the decision to go solo was what was a challenge itself the first decision that i had to take you've probably heard from an african proverb that says that if you want to go fast you go alone and if you want to go far you go together it was not my original objective to go fast but to go far however why was i was not able at that moment to assemble a team willing to go with me and I concluded that it was not correct to give up on my goals because of that. I decided to take the first steps individually and over time bring people who shared the same ideas as me. This was the first challenge. So on one hand, this was positive because it forced me to learn a lot more and to have a multiplied responsibility for everything in which I was involved. I can say without a doubt that today I'm infinitely more complete professional than I was three years ago. On the other hand, after all this time sailing alone with a reasonable volume of work, I'm starting to feel a bit of corporate loneliness and I'm already looking for at least a partner or, or a, an assistant at least to share the responsibilities. In my case, being a solo practitioner it was not necessarily a definitive decision for the whole life. 
things can change in this regard it's interesting to hear that and particularly i think uh, with other podcasts uh, also we have seen other interviews we have also seen that some some practitioners are really clear that they don't want uh, to build a team and some mm-hmm. uh, use it as a starting point and going forward build a team around it so it's interesting to know um, that uh, view from what you had to share and when you work with the clients what kind of clients do you focus on and how do you uh, differentiate your practice when you engage with them well uh coming to our, our previous episode number eight with in which you uh, talked to priya i got some identification with the issue of selecting the clients i work for uh, in fact there are clients who are not worth they are always questioning the value of our work uh, however the truth is that in most of the cases uh, we can only identify this characteristic of a client after the beginning of a relationship. And at that moment, it becomes more complicated to deal with this issue. As I left the previous firm with uh, an agreement of not contacting any of my direct clients for a period of time, the acquisition of new clients had to occur by means of networking, offering services to inventors and companies with applications at the Brazilian PTO, but without established attorneys representing them, uh, participation in events, in events uh, online and presential events, and of course referrals from pro- from previous clients. And I, I, I also had been working in, in some cases in partnership with other firms in Brazil that operate in further areas and that eventually need service for their clients in the area of patents. And this was for me a, an important source of work in the beginning and had been diminishing in, in relevance as more direct clients are showing up. So these are, are the, main, the, main, the main strategies that I use to, to acquire new clients. Right. So it's interesting when you say that uh, at the start, uh, partnering was one of the key sources of your work. And, and now as direct work increases, then that uh, uh, source of work is sort of uh, diminishing over time. Yeah. Yeah, because to find uh, good professionals uh, with patent expertise in Brazil is not easy. So uh, uh, these partners are, are legal firms that provide a, a lot of a lot of uh, service in, in other areas, not IP, and sometimes they need a, a patent opinion or a, a patent service, and they look for me. And uh, now coming to a different area uh, of our discussion, I saw that most of the uh, part of your three-year practice uh, has been during the times of COVID. What were the challenges and what kept you afloat during these COVID times? Um, Okay, this is a good question. When I started activities at Karyok IP, it's during the beginning of 2019, I took the initiative to make everything completely paperless, so that I had the freedom to work from anywhere. That was one of my first decisions in this regard. So despite the fact that COVID forced me to work from home for a period of six months and still forced me to cancel a scheduled trip to China and Singapore in April of 2020, I had no problems in adapting to to this new reality imposed by the pandemics. I got the COVID in the very beginning uh, in the end of March of 2020. Unfortunately, I could keep working normally at that time. As of September of 2020, I went, I went back to the firm physically, mainly due to the fact that I work alone and, and do not require mass public transportation for my commuting. 
my firm is close to my house and, and I usually come by bike. So uh, I'm glad and happy to say that the firm grew during this period, despite the fact that there were some limitations in my mobility. Yeah, that's quite refreshing to hear, actually, that, uh, you know, it has it has been a positive uh, sort of experience for you. Uh, yes, yes. Despite all the, the, the sad story about the pandemics, for me, it didn't have an impact on my on my work. Only on my travel, I was planning to, to, to attend Inter last year. I had the, the tickets, <laughs> I read bots, I had to cancel everything. But besides mm-hmm. that, uh, the, 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 the firm grew, as I said and the the, the, the the clients appeared a long time. Right. Uh, that sort of, uh, you know, uh, provokes another question in my mind uh, because, uh, you know, it was quite fortunate that you took your decision, uh, you know, before we uh, even were aware that such a pandemic would come. So you were already starting in early 2019. Uh, but I believe that uh, if somebody in today's time or maybe in the last, you know, uh, several months uh, of COVID, uh, if somebody was to decide uh, to start on their own, it might be a different uh, set of criteria that or parameters that they might need to think through because of uh, COVID. So what would you advise someone, uh, maybe, uh, you know, other attorneys who are looking to go solo, uh, wondering whether to take the plunge, especially with the situation evolving with, uh, say, the current covid uh, situation. So, what would you advise them? Okay, I, I, I try to respond that based on the Brazilian social context. Uh, yes. Brazil, I understand that our area of expertise is extremely privileged, particularly considering the, 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 the local context here in Brazil, as it allows for integral performance regardless of the workplace. In addition, uh, the Brazilian market in the area of intellectual property is still has a lot of room for growth and the emergence of new professionals interested in innovating and bringing creative and differentiated ways of working. It's kind of like the, the Brazilian market yells for young blood for them. <laughs> and the number of startups in Brazil, uh, for, you to have, for you to have an idea, has increased more than 20 times in the last eight years. So uh, we are seeing an expansion of policies to encourage the opening of new companies and reduce bureaucracy in the business environment. It is still a slow and gradual movement, uh, particularly when you consider the size of Brazil. But it will certainly require qualified professionals to deal with this new reality. So my advice is get prepared because a lot of work and those who are uh, uh, creative and, and, and strong enough to keep fighting for, for uh, their bread, they, we will find a fi- place to be. Wow. That's a great piece of advice. Uh, thank you, uh, Salo, for your inspiring talk. Uh, I'm sure the practices and ideas you have shared uh, will be very helpful for our listeners. Um, and in case they have uh, questions for you, how can they contact you? Uh, I'm available to answer questions by email. It's saulo.calazans at karaokeip.com.br. The website address is the same, uh, karaokeip.com.br. And there, people will find links to my profile on LinkedIn and Instagram. Thank you for sharing your perspectives, uh, Saulo. Now that brings us to the close of today's podcast. We learned great insights from one more successful solo parent practitioner, Saulo Kalasans. And uh, we talked about agile. We talked about you know the need for developing management skills and motivation of doing it all yourself leads to a solo parent practice. 
we also talked about the you know the initial sources of work and uh, saulo highlighted that partnering was one of the key areas to look at when you are not having direct work uh, at the start and when we talked about customer saulo you mentioned a very interesting point you said uh, some of the clients are not worth it uh but you can only realize uh, after you start the relationship so it's very important to uh, you know engage with a like, new clients and learn about them and start that relationship and then decide whether you want to you know continue working for them or or not and finally i think i also liked uh, your advice about uh, the way you set up your office like uh, you know using the agile methods and also going paperless from the very beginning so that when you have situations like covid you you're still able to operate without any issues and i think the the final recommendation or advice that you shared for people who were looking to go solo particularly in the brazilian context i think uh, what you're saying is that there is room for growth for new professionals in this field and the key messages get prepared so thanks a lot saulo for this wonderful inspiring talk and we hope to engage uh, in another future session with uh, another insightful talk with one more a uh, solo practitioner from another geography and uh, thank you this time for contributing to this podcast yes thank you faiz it was a great honor to to be here thank you thank you for listening to the podcast how to run and grow your solo patent practice with your hosts anant kataria and fez wahid from sagacious ip If you enjoyed this episode, please do rate it and listen to more episodes in the series. For more information about supporting your practice with external resources, write to us at info@sagaciousresearch.com. Please do note that the contents of this podcast were intended for general informational purposes only. The views of the guests and hosts were their personal views and do not represent Sagacious IP. The facts of every legal matter are unique and the content of this podcast should not be considered as offering legal advice for your specific legal situation. The preceding information may be considered attorney advertisement and does not establish an attorney-client relationship.